some of you know that for the last basically 14 years, I think it's my 14th year, I've been teaching part-time at Columbus State, teaching math. And uh, so this is finals week for us there. If it was a, it's a full-term class, and it'll be this week. And um, I was thinking about this topic about faith. Um, my math students have to exercise an element of faith, and this is, this is what I mean by that. At the very beginning of every semester, in the course that I teach, I have to explain to them there's a strategy here. Here's how this course is designed. And it flows in this way, and you have to trust the process. You have to believe in it. If you do, you'll do well. If you don't trust the process, these building blocks that are put in place, if you try to to jump over one of the blocks or not do one of the things that's in place here, you will not do very well. And this is the time when we find that out, finals week. And so, but I asked them to trust me, though many of them that don't know me, uh, you know, at all. But uh, I, I urge them, trust the process, it's proven. And so today, as we talk about the shield of faith, we talk about our faith, our active faith in God, believing in Him, trusting in Him, having confidence in Him, uh, running to Him, however you want to put that. Those are all expressions of faith. That is a shield that will extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, as it says in the passage today, okay? So, uh, at Darby Creek Church here, it's kind of our tradition. We stand for the reading of the Word of God. So, if you will, would you do that with me? If you're able to. If you're not able to, that's fine. But um, just stand in, in honor of the reading of the Word of God. We we put ourselves under the Word of God, okay? It's not about a pastor here. It's we, we, are, uh, we are living by, trying to, by God's grace, live by the Word of God, okay? So here's the, here's the Word. Listen to this. Ephesians 6, 10 to 20 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. <clears throat> Excuse me. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand firm. Stand therefore, having best, fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, this is the verse we're focusing in on today. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This is God's word. Please have a seat. This uh, is really the preeminent passage on what some have called spiritual warfare. In this passage, if you didn't know it, and you're a Christian, you have an enemy. And you may say, well, I'm such a nice person. 
Okay, well, you might be what we're talking, again, spiritual warfare, all right? Uh, the spiritual realm that we cannot see with our eyes, but is yet as real as you and I just standing here, okay? It is a reality, and we must realize this reality and believe in it, or we've already lost the battle, right? The worst thing to do would be to walk in a ring in a boxing match and not realize you're in a boxing match, wouldn't it? You get beat to a pulp, right? And so, so I'm just saying it's, it's critical that you and I recognize there is a spiritual warfare and that we have an enemy as a believer. His name is Satan, right? Here in this verse, it's, uh, he's described as the evil one, right? So it's critical that we recognize that. And that also we, we realize that in appropriating the armor and putting the armor on, we must, as the passage says, it tells us at the very beginning there, be strong in the strength of your own might. No, it doesn't say that, does it? It says, be strong in the Lord, right? Be strong in the Lord, the strength of His might. So we're to be totally reliant upon Him for this armor. We have been given this armor already. It's in all of these pieces of armor, in one way or another, we talk about link back to the gospel, the link back to some kind of gospel truth, all right? And so uh, today, though, we're talking about the shield of faith. This is a very interesting passage here. Again, you know, so when I approach this passage, you look at it and say, well, what are these fiery, in the, in the ESV, it says fiery darts. It's probably better described as fiery arrows, okay? Because when we think of darts ourselves, we're thinking of, you know, throwing darts and playing a game. Well, there's no games here. These are, uh, it's describing, you know, a Roman soldier and warfare of the historical period would have been like you see in the movies with the let the arrows fly, you know, like maybe the uh, Lord of the Rings type of a scene where thousands and thousands of soldiers and some of them with huge shields that they get down behind, right? Not talking about kind of the hand-to-hand smaller shield that you might use, but a shield that would actually kind of almost cover your body, right? If you were to just kneel down just a little bit. And so that's a large shield, right? And so... But these flaming arrows, if you will, uh, are, are being let fly. And if you don't use your shield, uh, not only might you die from the piercing, but the flame, there says they're flaming, right? And so uh, it can do additional damage. So I just want to say that this piece of armor, like all the other ones, are going to be critical and make the difference between um, victory or defeat, Okay. So we, we need to make sure we pay attention to this piece of armor like all the others that it's critical. Now, whatever the arrows may represent or these fiery darts, I think I can safely say at the very least temptations would be a part of that arsenal in the evil one's quiver, okay? Temptations. He uses temptation. God doesn't tempt. The devil does. James makes that clear in the book of James. Um, now, it's interesting when we encounter trials, which God can send our way, the devil can try to turn those trials and, and try to tempt us while we're under a trial, right? Whereas the trials may be from God and allowed by God, but God never tempts, but Satan tempts. So just realize, think of these, some of these fiery arrows as temptations. 
And I was trying to think, I mean, there's, uh, there's a whole, there's an endless number of types of temptation, right? Just like it says here in the passage where it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts. All, there's all kinds of flaming darts, all kinds of temptations that can come our way. But I thought of a few. Um, discouragement. Discouragement is, is an arrow that uh, the enemy loves to let fly uh, when we're having a difficult time, maybe even a sustained difficult time, a sustained trial, a long trial. It can be really hard. We can become discouraged or lack courage. I, I looked up the English definition of this, right? Discouragement is, is a loss of confidence or enthusiasm a loss of confidence or enthusiasm. I could tell you my, my enthusiasm for the Lord, it, 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 it ebbs and flows, if I'm going to be honest, and I would guess it does for you as well. And we might encounter times of discouragement. So just know that one of the, the flaming arrows is discouragement, right? God wants us to be encouraged. In fact, we'll see a verse here in a little bit where we need one another to be encouraged as well. God has given us a provision of one another in the body of Christ to encourage one another. Now, another arrow would be despair, which would be almost like if you took discouragement to the nth degree, where you're like, you've got a loss of hope. That's what despair is, right? Um, It's terrible when someone takes their own life, isn't it? It's terrible. That happens when they give up hope. You know, in some form or fashion, they've given up hope on something. The Lord doesn't want us to lose hope. He is our hope, okay? And so, so just know, if you're starting to slide into a loss of hope, that's the enemy. He's working overtime, okay? And I'm going to give you some ways to take up the shield of faith as we get there. But I want you to be able to recognize that's a flaming arrow, okay? And again, there's endless ones. Disbelief is one, or unbelief, not believing, not taking God at His word, or doubting God's word. Um, you, you, it should, it should be a warning sign to you if you don't believe all of the word of God. If you are cutting out things and saying, "Well, I can't really believe that true. Can, is that really true? What that says there?" And you know, and and so the enemy loves that. Satan loves that. Listen, one of the original temptations there in Genesis was, "Did God say?" Right. Satan is tempting even saying, did God really say this? Oh, you know, and so he's, he's twists the word of God. He, he tries to get us to doubt God. So many, listen, so many of the temptations that we experience are things that the enemy wants us to doubt that God has our best in mind. He wants us to doubt that this is a good path. He wants us to doubt the word of God, that what it says. I'm telling you, this is just so much of what these arrows are. So doubt. Now, uh, another one is just that Satan loves to play off just the desires of the flesh, right? He knows our weaknesses. He knows we have. And by the way, you know, God gives us all kinds of desires, but uh, a desire put in the wrong context can be sin, right? Sex is a great thing. In the wrong context, it's sin. Okay, so just, I mean, that's just one example, but we got to realize this, that, um, think about this. (laughs) You and I, 
Well, I've been around for 56 years, okay? Satan's been around for thousands. He has, if we can say, been perfecting the art of deception and been perfecting these arrows. So we need to trust in God's word that we have to be ready to take up the shield of faith, okay? And we need to realize that the enemy will try to get us to doubt God's word to start... My apologies. My apologies. Uh, If we have to stop doubt, you know, we got to realize that the doubt, the unbelief is, is a key here where the enemy loves to get in there and mess with our minds, really. Um, but the desires of the flesh, that's another arrow. Now, so that just kind of answers, I think, one, of the, one aspect of what these flaming arrows are. They're temptations okay, coming from Satan. Now, our faith and confidence in God is the means by which we take up our shield. Now, listen to this. Which is God himself? Okay, where am I getting this from? Well, if you look in the Old Testament, you're going to see quite a few verses where God describes himself as a shield, as a shield. Uh, let me just read a few of these. Uh, Genesis 15.1 is one of those where he says to Abram, it says, after these things, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram, Abram in a vision. Now, here's what, it, here's what the word of the Lord says, fear not, Abram. I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. So God uh, describes himself to Abram as a shield, himself being a shield, right? Proverbs 30 verse 5 is another great um, verse as well that, about this. It says, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Now, it's, it's kind of strange for us to, to maybe think about God in these terms. God is spirit, right? He's not a physical being. So how do you run to or take refuge in a being that you can't see, right? That's a great question. Uh, you know, when I, if I want to take refuge in my office, I just go run in there and close the door, right? If I want to take refuge in God, I call out to him. I call out to him in prayer, right? Wherever I am as a believer, right? Having a relationship with God as a believer, I can call out to him and and ask for his help, cry out to him for wisdom, whatever. All of that is a part of taking refuge in him, right? He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Uh, I do believe there seems to be a connection there between taking refuge in God and then him experiencing him as your shield. You have to run to him, right? If you're going to go it on your own, right, (laughs) you're going to take some hits, right? But if you run to God, right, he is a shield, it says, to you. Lastly here, as we're talking about God being our shield, I'm trying to make the connection to how Paul could say, um, how Paul could say that there is a shield of faith and yet I'm saying that God himself is the shield, okay? So one more verse, though, about God being a shield. Psalm 3, verses 3 and 4 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. That is a wonderful verse. Um, you think about that, the lifter of my head, right? If, I, if my head is looking down, I'm, I'm downcast, I'm discouraged, right? 
So, but it says here that the Lord, as we look to him, as we look to God, as we look to him, run to him as our refuge, he can lift our head. He can lift our countenance. He can encourage. And that's not to say that we won't have bouts with discouragement and it will be a real battle. I mean, I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, John Newton, the guy that wrote Amazing Grace, he battled with depression a good portion of his life and he was a very strong believer, okay? And so there's, there, I mean, I'm just saying that this is a battle and, um, you know, we have to realize that this could, it can be an ongoing battle in certain situations. But here it says, you, O Lord, are shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. There we go. Crying out to the Lord. That's how we run to him. That's how we go to him to, for him to be our refuge and experience him as our shield. Now, where does faith come in when it comes to this whole idea of a shield? and God being our shield. Well, faith is the means by which we access God as our shield, right? I need, if I have confidence in God and I trust God and take him at his word, I run to him and I cast myself on him. I stand on the promises of God, however you want to say it, um, right? And it's my, it's the faith that God has given me and you as a believer. It's that faith is the means by which we experience God as our shield. So the shield of faith, I believe, really is by our faith, our confidence, if you will, and trust in God, it's how we experience God himself as our shield, okay? All right, now, how do we become a believer? How does a person become a Christian? It's Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says it's by faith, right? Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for by, for by grace you've been saved through faith. Right? And this not of yourself is the gift of God, right? Lest that any man should boast, right? And so it's, a, it's, it's by faith that we are saved, right? And so, well, how do you suppose we're supposed to live the Christian life? Gutted out? Hard work? Well, there is a striving aspect to our faith, but we need to live it by faith, okay? Um, how do I know that? Well, in the Word of God, it says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, it says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him. Well, again, how do we receive Him? By faith. So how are we supposed to walk in Him? By faith, okay? So every day, every moment, will I trust the Lord? Will I trust the Lord what body says about relationships, how to resolve conflict, how to handle finances? Um, how to be a loving parent to my kids, how to love my wife, wives, how to love your husband. Do I trust him in all he says in those things? Those are, it's a life of faith, right? It's not like we get saved by faith and say, God, I got it from here. That's not gonna work. That's gonna be the most discouraging uh, walk you've ever had, okay? Because it will be strife and it will be hard. And, 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 and let me just say, okay, Living for the Lord and following Him is, is not going to always be easy, okay? The Lord Himself told us in this world, you will have tribulation, right? Um, so we know that there is, there is an element of suffering for sure living in this world. But I'd rather live it by faith than not. Um, now, that's easier said than done some days, isn't it? If we're going to be honest. Some days, I feel more full of faith than others. How about you? I do. There are some days where I just feel like, you know, man, 
God is with me. I feel it. You know, there's that feeling element at times. But yet I can't trust my feelings because there are some days where I definitely don't feel the closeness of the Lord, but yet I know He promises He's there with me. So, you know, it's so important for us to know uh, the truth of what God's Word says because that is stable, that is unchanging, uh, as opposed to my feelings. My feelings come and go. And, and hey, God gives us feelings. It's okay to feel. I hope we know that, you know, but we need to, you know, direct those to the Lord and let Him help us as we feel those things, you know. By the, by the way, I, I just totally, let me just a uh, little rabbit trail here for a second. If you journal or if you, as you spend time with God, if you write down some things that He shows you in His Word, um, I would encourage you as you start off, I got this, I got this idea, I started doing this because Chip Ingram, which I was, I was just following along with one of his devotionals at one point, and I, I liked what he's, he just had an idea. He said, why don't you write down what's concerning you right now? What's on your mind? What are you bothered by? Or what happened yesterday that, that's really just unresolved in your mind? And, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a big journaler. Like, I don't write a lot. But I will say that little practice of kind of getting it, getting what I'm, what's going on in my heart and my mind down on paper, just even a sentence or two, and then giving that to the Lord has been so helpful for me. And I felt like it's really helped me in my closeness with the Lord. I just encourage you to do that. So we're talking about walking by faith. Let me give you another scripture too that, that just says, we are to live by faith. And, and you might say, that, well, this is like obvious, Greg. This is like kindergarten in, in, in the spiritual world. Well, we never leave those things we learn in kindergarten, I hope, spiritually speaking. Uh, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. That's important. Did you know that? It's very important for you and I to realize our life is not about us now. As a Christian, our lives are all about Christ. He is the center Everything uh, that in our lives now as Christians is centered around Him, His desire for us, His will for us, carrying out the mission He has for us. That's what it's about. It, goes, I, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. This is spoken to believers. He's saying, the, now, the life I now live... I live by faith in the Son of God. So it's a daily faith journey. You get that? So it's critical. We got to realize this. Now, um, one of the things I was thinking about was in this verse, we, we had to spend a lot of time here, but that word all in that verse there in Ephesians uh, 6.16, right, where he says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. This shield of faith that we're speaking of, our confidence in God and His Word and so on, that there is, there is no arrow that's going to come fly towards you that you cannot extinguish it, okay, with God's help. There, there, in other words, there's not some special, you know, super fast arrow that's going to slip through. Or there's no, another way to say it, there's no temptation that you can't say no to, okay? It's possible, okay? Um, 
Now, thankfully, when we do yield to temptation, if we're a Christian, we're covered by the blood of Jesus, we're forgiven, right? But I'm just saying, the, and, and where am I getting this? I'm not making this up. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. So, hey, let me tell you one of the lies of the enemy. One of the lies of the enemy is, hey, hey you know, Greg, hey, that, that sin you're struggling with, nobody in the church is struggling with that. It's just you. You got a problem, you know? He wants to isolate us. He wants us to think that no one else has experienced this same thing. But that's not true. This verse says at the very beginning, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. You got to believe that. Every temptation, God will supply the grace that you need in the situation to not yield. He says, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. But I just want to point that verse out as just a promise that God says, listen, for every temptation that comes, there is a way of escape. Okay? There is a way of escape. You're not set up for failure. Okay? That's critical. All right. Now, now, I, what I wanted to do here was that so much of these, like these flaming arrows we're talking about, these temptations, um, come back to, do we believe God's word, right? Do we trust that he has our best in mind, all that? And I want to share with you a number of promises that I believe just apply so broadly that you should just, you would do well to just write these down, these references. I'll read the verses. I don't have the references up here but that you need to run to these promises when you're tempted in so many different situations. You'll see, for example, the first one. This first one, and a lot of you know I read a lot of John Piper's uh, works, but um, his, he says that the verse that he has gone to the most in his entire walk is this verse. Um, it is Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a great promise, right? So if we're tempted to be, if we're, if we're fearful of what's going on, you know, we're most, we're so much, I think we're so fearful sometimes we don't, when we don't know what lies ahead. Something's happening right now. We don't know the end of it. We don't know what's going to happen from it. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, um, a very surprising diagnosis at the doctors. You know, it could be anything. Uh, maybe a, a job loss that just came out of nowhere. And that's, this is an appropriate promise. It's tempted to be, to, to, to be fearful. And, you know, certainly there's a concern. It's okay to be concerned, but we shouldn't, we, God doesn't want us to be consumed by fear. He wants us to take our fears to him and to take these promises where he says, I am with you. I am with you. Fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. That's a great promise. He will strengthen us. And you know, so much of what we need, because we could try to, we, and I think it's fine. You know, you take everything to God in prayer. You, you can ask, say, Lord, take this thing away. Take this thing away, whatever it is, the situation. And God may not choose to do that. So if that's the case, if that doesn't go away, the, the situation doesn't change, he promises to supply what we need to be obedient in and through. 
you know, while we bear up under the trial, we endure the trial, right? That 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that talks about that we may be able to endure it. That means to bear up under it, to, to, to live under that victoriously, right? And so, so just know that's a wonderful promise there. Hey, here's another promise for you that applies in so many situations. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply, yes, every one of your needs, (laughs) not just some of them. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ. You know, you think God has some limitation on the treasures of glory, riches of glory in Christ? No, they're they're unendless. And his supply for you, the strength that you need in your situation, he has it, but you got to Seek him as your refuge. As, seek him as the refuge, right? Run to him, right? Another one here. This is another great one here. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So that ending part there that you may abound in every good work, God has stuff for us to do, to live for him, Right? Sometimes we wonder, God, I don't think I can do what you're asking me to do. God's saying, no, that's just not the case. Because right here, this is a promise. When you know God is, is, is leading you to do something, you fight, there's a scripture that you know that uh, um, he, he, he's shown it to you, you're not following it, or maybe it's something he wants you to do and you're not doing it, whatever it might be. You can do it by his grace because he says, he is able to make all grace abound to you it says, having all sufficiency in all things at all times. I mean, that's like the blanket coverage clause, okay? Wonderful promise. Again, we're really, I'm really, what I'm trying to say is God's word, his promises, as we run to those and, and stand on those, what we're doing is we're taking up the shield of faith. We're affirming our confidence in God. We're expressing our trust in him as we not only just say these words, but we we believe it. And, and sometimes there is a wrestling that goes on. Be honest with God. Say, God, I have a hard time believing this. I know it says it, but I'm having a hard time believing it. Be like that person in the Bible that says, I believe, but help my unbelief. It's okay to say that. Because God knows anyway, right? Now, keep going here. Just do a few more of these promises that'll help you take up the shield of faith. It says here um, in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, you know, that time, I mentioned that sometimes you don't feel the nearness of God and so on. So regardless of how we feel, though, we need to camp out on this, where he says in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. Regardless of how you feel, God is right there with you. As a believer, he's with you. Right? He's with you. And then it says, after that, he says, so we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. All right, I'll give you one more here. Um, well, I'll give you a couple more. Romans 8.32, this is a wonderful promise too. This is, um, in this verse, it's an argument from the greater to the lesser. In other words, uh, the Apostle Paul makes this large statement, a, a big thing that God did. And the idea is that if he did that, how can he, how can he not do this, Right? Okay, so listen to this. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, right, talking about Jesus, but gave him up for us all, 
If God didn't do the ultimate thing there, right, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God is going to supply everything you need, you and I need as a believer. And that is a promise you can bank on because he gave us Christ, the ultimate gift, right? And if he, he did that, he certainly can take care of whatever it is that you need, right? That's what he does. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, my grace is sufficient for you, right? This is the promise that God gave the apostle Paul when he was asking the Lord to remove that thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, whether it was an ailment, whether it was a particular person that was a troublesome for him. He prayed several times, Lord, take it away, take it away. And God was like, I'm not going to take it away, but you need to know this. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So just know, whatever it is you're going through, so many of these promises were laying out here as you trust those You have to be familiar with them first. And as you trust those, you stand on those and say, God, your word says it. I believe it, Lord. And if I'm struggling with unbelief, Lord, help my unbelief. As you do that, what you're doing is you're taking up the shield of faith. Because again, virtually every fiery arrow that's coming at you is getting you to doubt God's word, getting you to not trust him, believing he's not trustworthy. Or in this matter, God's not, God's way is not the best, okay? That maybe your idea is better than his. We can get caught up in that, you know? And so we need to realize this um, is an important aspect. So really, knowing these promises of God, uh, again, so many of those are very general and can be applied in many situations. That's why I mentioned them. Now, last thing I want to mention here. Uh, again, think about, we got to go back to this historical period of this type of warfare, you know, it wasn't like one soldier out there typically, right? It was the whole army. And these shields, um, you know, it, it would be very similar, like, again, I, get, I liken it to the movies, you know, some of the movies that you've seen, again, like Lord of the Rings, I don't know if you've seen it, but where there are thousands there and they have a formation that they have with the shields. And if the arrows are coming flying, They'd have guys put their shields up. They'd have shields in the front, shields on the side. Because if it's just you, you're vulnerable on other sides as well, on the sides, right? And so they, there would be an expectation that you would use your shields together, all right? And so in this time period, that would have been the case. So I just want you to know that linking up with others create a solid wall of defense against the fiery arrows of the enemy, where are we getting this from? Well, there's a couple of scriptures here. One of them I alluded to earlier, the Hebrews 3.13. So if you didn't know it, <clears throat> you should be aware that God has called you to live in community with other believers, to be linked up within them on mission for God. We're not meant to be alone, not meant to be isolated in living our walk for Christ out in the world. Hebrews 3.13 says, but exhort, or other versions say, but encourage one another uh, every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. There is a protection that comes from you and I 
living our lives together, living out our lives in faith together, right? And I would have to say that this means that it, there has to be some kind of level of relationship beyond just checking in on a Sunday morning, you know, here. But whether it's in a small group or, hang, or hanging out and getting to know each other and, and, and encouraging one another when we're with each other, right? And we need that, right? We, we cannot really fulfill our mission as a church and individually as believers isolated, right? How are you going to use your gifts by yourself? Because they're meant for the body, right? If you read those verses that, you know, in 1 Corinthians that talk about the different parts of the body, you cannot really use those gifts uh, the way they're meant to be lived on your own because they're meant for the body, okay? So that's just, just an encouragement that we need to encourage one another and strengthen one another's faith. You know, because aren't you glad that we're not all discouraged on the same day? At least not typically. <laughs> because when you're, you know, if you're up, maybe it's on a day when I'm having a hard time and maybe your faith will encourage my faith, you know? Uh, Paul writes about that in some of his letters, how he you know, mutually encouraged one another's faith, okay? That's what we need, right? And so... Um, I, I've said this before, I'll say it again. You know, when I, when I, whenever I have a small group meeting uh, or have some kind of a meeting, it's, it, I'm telling you, it's, it's, I usually feel like, man, I just, this is the last thing I feel like doing is meeting with people right now. It's, maybe it's just I'm tired or whatever. And, um, but, and usually I'm the leader, so I got to be there. <laughs> so, um, at least in, in, in some of the cases of the, the, the groups I'm a part of, I'm a leader, or some I'm, I'm a participant, but, but you know, so I, I don't really have a pass of not being there. And so, but I will say this, then when I go ahead and get together, what so many times happens, I was, I'm encouraged by the other people's faith. I hear about what God's doing, or, or I see where God could use me to maybe encourage their faith. And, and so that's when you see the necessity and how your life, and so so what happens is in those days when I start thinking, boy, I really don't want to be at this meeting, the enemy is just saying, you know, there's really no benefit in this uh, to you. To, or, I mean, to me, I, I really, I don't, I'm not really getting anything out of this anyway. That's the wrong way of thinking, isn't it? Because if Hebrews 3.13 is, if I'm seeing that as a part of my small group participation is that, well, then without being in a prideful way, we can say, well, our group needs us. You know, your group needs you. And so on. Because... Maybe the Lord gave you a verse that day or that week that somebody needs in your group. Maybe they need to hear your God story this week. I don't know. But we need to see that a part of this warfare is that we have to live this out together. All right? We need to mutually encourage one another's faith. Let me end with this here. Philippians 1.27 says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, listen to this, I may hear of you that you are standing firm. We've heard these words, right? In Ephesians 6, standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Side by side. 
Think about those shields linked up, right, in battle, mutually encouraging one another's faith side by side, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are just thankful that you have given us your word. You've made provision in every way for us to be able to live our life of faith in Christ. Lord, help us to not be unaware that the evil one is letting fly the fiery arrows every day trying to get us to doubt you, trying to get us to not put our confidence in you, trying to get us to not run to you to be our refuge. Lord, help us to lift our eyes to you, put our hope in you. You are our shield, Lord. And by faith and confidence in your word is the means by which we take it up, the shield of faith. Lord, thank you that you've given us everything we need for life and godliness. You've supplied us with every piece of armor we need to live out and live on mission for you. Lord, help us, Lord, if we're struggling. Anybody here is struggling right now, discouraged, despairing, Lord, I pray that you'd give hope. Pray that your spirit would supply all the strength, all the grace that they need and see that you're their all, that you're their sufficiency. And Lord, maybe some of us today are, are um, coming in here with battle wounds. We, we've not been trusting you and we've, we've experienced some maybe um, consequences or things that come from not trusting you, Lord, but thank you that we have forgiveness in Christ, that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness if we put our faith in him. Lord, help us to, to put on the full armor of God be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.